Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 59 uh, with our guests, Arcade High. This is actually the third time Arcade High has been on the show, although Arcade High has now changed. So I know uh, Ryan Boozle has been on the show twice. I think there was just the Arcade High episode in Season 2, and I think at the end of Season 2, I did sort of a special episode with an episode <laughs> episode with Arcade High, Magic Sword, and Betamax on the same one. But now, Arcade High has changed, and there's a new member. Uh, his name's Patrick, and we will get to meet him in just a bit and sample the new album and the new sound of Arcade High because the sound has changed and it's really cool. One of the nice things about doing this show is people send me stuff early and I get to listen to things. And uh, that's been cool because I've got to listen to this album a few months ago. I've got to listen to this album a few months ago. I don't think that's correct diction. Is it diction when you talk? (laughs) Beyond Synth is on 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, Thursdays, Thursdays, Thursday nights, I guess. Although 8 p.m., I suppose it's um, understood that that's nighttime, I think. Uh, 8 p.m., Thursdays on Power85, power85.com. That's 24-hour days streaming awesome synthwave music, and uh, every so often it gets interrupted for some shows. My show is one of them, Thursdays at 8 p.m., and you can catch the replay Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. But I don't think anyone listens to that. Actually, I was going to talk to you about that because... Actually, you know what? How about this? Let's listen to some music, and then we'll talk about it. So this is a cool track. It's by an outfit called Stills. And this is Into the Starscape.
And that was Into the Starscape by Stills off the Hyperspace Drifter 2 album. So that's cool track. Stills is cool. Listen to that music. So what was I saying before? All right. Um, okay, does anyone actually listen to the Saturday at 1 p.m. show? Because I kind of get the impression that no one listens. I mean, like, it's only like four people who tune into the Thursday show now, so... <laughs> I'm just kidding, there's more than four of you, but, um... Yeah, I don't know if anyone tunes into the one. I mean, I don't even show up to the one, right? I only show up to the the Thursday show. Uh, and then we have a chat going on, and it's, uh, and it's fun, but uh, I don't know who shows up for the one. So, here's the deal. Write me and let me know, and if nobody listens to the 1 p.m., then we're just gonna drop it. Well, what's the point, right, if no one listens? Then I have less words to write on the uh, the banner artwork of the Beyond Synth uh, SoundCloud and the Twitter and all that stuff. So it just has to say 8 p.m. instead of that slash. But also 1 p.m. on Saturdays, because if no one listens, then who cares? Man, if you're listening to Power 85, you should also check out Project Friday at Project Friday FM on Twitter. Project Friday is a show that happens every Friday night, hosted by a guy called Steve, and he plays lots of uh, cool music. Except his show is live. I guess I never mentioned that. Yeah, he actually does his show live. This show, as you know, Beyond Synth is uh, pre-recorded to censor out all of my offensive ideas. I have a lot of uh, a lot of backwards notions that slip out, and then I have to go into the edit and go. Maybe people aren't people aren't ready for these ideas yet. And also, you can follow uh, Power Eighty Five on Twitter as well. That's at Power Eighty Five. And follow me on Twitter. I'm at Andy Last. Okay, that's the official Twitter account for Beyond Synth. Okay, so that's where I post links to uh, upcoming episodes. And that's it, really. <laughs> and I occasionally retweet people if they say nice things to me. And we are still doing our Tweet at Meech campaign. So if you don't know what that is, if you're a fan of Mitch Murder and you want him on the show, this is sort of a joke campaign, by the way, so I don't want anyone to take this too seriously, but uh, Tweet at Meech. All right, so you just have to tweet at Mitch Murder and say, hey, you should be on Beyond Synth sometime. And that's it. I don't even think he speaks English, but... Uh, <laughs> I enjoy the uh, the few fans of Beyond Synth who have tweeted at him so far. It's it's a funny thing. Speaking of stuff, let's listen to some. These are some guys I discovered the other day on Twitter, and they are called the New Gods of Cybertron. And this is Kick It.
And that was Kick It by the new gods of Cybertron. So they're cool. You can check out their Twitter and they have a bunch of singles right now. And there's some cool stuff there. Listen, if you have any uh, questions or comments, please send them to the mail sack. And that basically means just send me a message and title it mail sack. And I will read it on the show. And I am really far behind because (laughs) I'm still like combing through messages I received like last year. So don't worry if I don't get to it right away. Hey, let's listen to, uh, listen to, let's, uh, let's read a mail sack right now. I'm going to dig. So by the way, what I mean is (laughs) send me a message on Twitter, on Facebook, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast or the SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth. And you can uh, send me a message there. And if you, if it's a mail sack question, just write mail sack as the title or write it at the top. Sometimes I'll just read messages I get sent anyways, because, you know, why not? Anyways, let's open up the mail sack. All right, so this is a very quick one <laughs> from September of 2015. You might be saying... Aren't we in April of 2016? And you would be correct. Uh, that's how far behind I am on <laughs> reading my mail. This was from a from a guy on Twitter called Drivel Mage. Now he said he was looking for a podcast spotlighting this kind of music, and now he's found it. Wee! And then I told him, I hope you enjoy it. And then he was listening... Or here's what he said. He says, Was re-listening to episode 29, specifically when that Hootie Eddie Vedder type singing was discussed. It actually has a name. Yarling. There was a period of time where I brought up Hootie and the Blowpish. (laughs) Hootie and the Blowfish a bunch of times. And, uh, you know, we always make fun of the way that dude sings. And uh, apparently it's called Yarling. So that's good to know. Thank you, Drivel Mage. I will add that to my repository of knowledge. I should get a sound effect. (laughs) There should be like an adding to the repository of knowledge sound effect. So we'll look for that. It's going to be some sort of computer telemetry sound. Listen, I don't know why I always order people to listen when they're already listening. Here is a cool track by a dude called David Rosen. I believe that's how it's said. I hope so. And it's uh, from the album Echoes in the Dark. So this guy does sort of kind of soundtracky type stuff. But this was a song that I thought was cool. This is called Inside of Us All.
And that was Inside of Us All by David Rosen off the Echoes in the Dark album. So that's cool. You can check out his page. Um, as always, you know, I post all the links for the show on the SoundCloud page. So if you just click on more info when you're on SoundCloud and there's a big list and I provide a lot of information about all of my guests. So you can find their, you know, their Twitter, their Facebook, their website, their Bandcamp. Uh, all that stuff if you dig uh, what they're doing and uh, check out their music. It's pretty cool. You know, some of you guys, you you get, uh, yo, <laughs> I'm not having a good day for speaking. Uh, you know, you get junk email, right? And uh, you, you, just, you just delete it. You let it sit in your junk email folder and you don't give it the time of day. Well, I'll tell you something. Some brilliant work goes into these junk emails. And uh, it's about time that someone gave them a chance. And I want you to know that I read all of my junk email. And occasionally, I like to read some on the show. It's time to open the junk email folder. This one is called Attention Beneficiary. My name is Mansoor Mutar, director of the World Bank. (laughs) All right, so this guy is director of the World Bank, yet is sending out random emails to strangers like his job that doesn't have any more important functions. Your, the United Nations, and International Monetary Funds has moved your 10700000 U.S. dollars into World Bank to take over the final release of your funds to you. We do not want to make any transfer of the funds to your account to avoid asking you for transfer fees and etc. However, World Bank has delegated a United Nations Funds lifting agent to move the $10.7 million in cash to your address. By the way, whenever I read a word and give it more emphasis, it's because they've put it in capital letters. So that's the only reason why I do that. The funds was packaged in two trunks. The United Nation agent departed yesterday with the trunks and has arrived in U.S. His name is Desmond Daniel. He is on transit at Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, Dallas, Texas, and then they gave me a phone number. The agent is fully aware of the contents of the trunks, but he does not have the code to unlock it. The code will only be provided to you immediately. The agent arrive at your doorstep or meet you one-on-one. Only then you will call for the code to unlock the trunks. This is for security measures. You should quickly contact the agent now via his email and send your details to him for proper confirmation to enable him deliver rightly. Please send this listed details to him via his email. Your complete name, because why would they know my name? They're sending me $10 million and they don't know my fucking name! I love these emails! Your direct cell number and home phone number, because why would they know that? And my occupation. And... (laughs) What's this agent's email, you ask? Well, of course, that is inquiry8department7 at gmail.com. 
Please endeavor to carry out this instruction from the airport so that he does not get stranded. As soon as you receive the trunks, I will send you all legal documents backing this fund up so you could tender it at your bank and prove to them it is not money laundering. Thanks, Mr. Mansur Mutar, World Bank Executive. So I'm not sure if this guy's the director of the World Bank or the executive of the world. I love these things so much. I like the idea that someone is going to send out a random email and convince some idiot that they're going to entrust them with two trunks, I guess with about 5.35 million in each trunk. So this is different because usually they send out a um, an ATM card. But in this case, they're actually literally just sending out two trunks full of cash <laughs> to a person whose name they don't know or know where they live. So good stuff. Listen. Here's a fun song. Uh, This was a guy who contacted me, I think like a few months ago. And he's a French sort of synth pop artist. And uh, he just makes really sort of (laughs) feel-good sounding music. And uh, after listening to a whole bunch of uh, dark synth wave and stuff like this, this is definitely uh, a change-up. But it's definitely music that puts a smile on my face. So this is, um, I'm going to say Damien Rougier is how I'm going to pronounce his name. Damien Rougier. It's spelled R-O-U-G-I-E-R. And this is from the album Light at Your Window. And this is the song Pretty Pretty. Your chance to get in the ring of fire 
what's going on Look at me, not beyond Please don't be so rough That was Pretty Pretty by Damien Rougier, and he's got a fun album, so light at your window. It's all full of tracks like that. They're just really upbeat, uh, <laughs> you know, like nice little pop songs uh, that he sings, and it's a, it's a fun album. And if you want your music played on Beyond Synth, you can contact me the same way you send me a mail sack question. Just uh, write me a message to the Facebook page or the SoundCloud. And if you have music you want me to check out, I will check it out. And uh, don't worry if I don't play it for a long time, because as you can tell, I am very far behind on reading all of my messages. So it just depends. Sometimes someone will send me a message and I have a slot to fill that week. And, uh, you know, I'll play their music like a few days after they sent it to me. And then some days I don't play them for months because sometimes I have sort of playlists planned. And then there's certain tracks and I and I, I don't want to play the song twice in a row, like from one week to the next week. And I get confused. I get confused easy. So sometimes uh, and then some stuff falls through the cracks. You know, I do listen to everything people send me, though. And uh, if I dig it, then I uh, put it on the show. And that is the, that's the rule, man. Also, just a quick reminder about what I said earlier in the show. But if nobody listens to the 1 p.m. replay, let me know, and we just won't do it anymore. And with all this talk of uh, Batman Superman, I forgot to say that I watched uh, season two of Daredevil on Netflix. And uh, it was good. Big fan of Daredevil over here, man. I think a lot of people are. I thought Punisher was great. I think that was definitely my favorite part. I think I actually need to watch it again. I hardly have any time to watch anything anymore. But I found the storyline of Season 2 of Daredevil very sort of complex. Definitely more uh, detailed than I thought it was going to be. And I feel like I might have got lost a few times. So I want to check it out again. But the highlight was Punisher. They did him amazing. And I like Daredevil's new mask. Really, my only flaw was I felt that this Season 1 finale was a little stronger like the face off with uh with the daredevil and kingpin uh kingpin <laughs> all right i'm having that kingpin that's awesome yeah, anyway so when daredevil fights kingpin at the end of uh season one uh that was just a really awesome fight and it was really satisfying. It was very sort of comic booky and stuff. And the the one in season two was sort of like they're trying to tie up so many loose ends with this sequence, and it just felt a little rushed. I mean, it happens with a lot of TV shows when they when they try and do too much. Is sometimes the finales feel 
a little rushed and muddled because they're trying to do too much stuff. But ultimately, still a wicked season of television. And uh, definitely some uh, some awesome fight scenes and stuff like that. So Daredevil Season 2 gets my seal of approval. And I saw some other stuff, too. What did I finally watch? I finally watched The Death of Superman Lives, or oh, what the fuck is it called? <laughs> the documentary about that Superman movie that Tim Burton was going to direct with Nicolas Cage. And a guy did a documentary about, you know, how it fell apart and, and stuff like that. So that was definitely interesting. It was uh, interesting to watch that. And then I finished watching Atari Game Over. It was a documentary about the people who found the um, the dump where they uh, buried all the uh, Atari cartridges, which were uh, it's always been one of those urban legends as being the reason for the fall of the video game industry was how shitty E.T. was. But uh, this uh, documentary makes a case that that wasn't in fact the case. Makes the case that it wasn't in fact the case. Hey, let's listen to some music. This is a track by uh, a guy called Lee Rosevere. And this is from the album... The album... God, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, man. Apparently I edit this show, but it doesn't sound like I do. Okay, this is a track from Lee Rosevere from the album Synchronicity, and this is a track called Neon Skies.
And that was Neon Skies by Lee Rosevere off the Synchronicity album. And that's a cool track. And I dig it. You should dig it too. Now I'll give you guys a little piece of advice here. If you're ever making a health drink or like a shake, the key is avocado. That's what I learned. So you can blend up a whole bunch of fruits and then sometimes it's still like if you're using a cheap blender like I do because I'm not a classy guy and uh, you got to put in an avocado because it smooths everything out. It's amazing what it does. And it even sort of mutes some of the flavor a bit. So, you know, if you're making a fruit shake and you throw like a banana in there, sometimes the banana taste can be sort of overwhelming. But if you whip an avocado in there too, and I mean whip it in, like with the skin and everything. I mean, like, don't, don't, uh, just throw everything in the blender. Anyway, it's true. You do that, man, you get a smooth shake. Believe me, I don't know what this show is. I know people tune in, they're just like, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> is this a music show? Like, what is this? Uh, it's Beyond Synth. And I'm Andy Last, and I host it. And uh, we got Arcade High coming up in just a bit. And uh, we have a good talk with them, man. We. <laughs> Me and my co-host. <laughs> That's the guy that does all the laughing. It's a different guy. So, like, I do all the talking and then all that insane laughter. That's the co-host. His name is Randy Fast. I need a cricket sound. Oh, by the way, we're going to be changing the show a bit. Why the fuck do I keep saying we? (laughs) The show is going to be changing because I got myself a control surface with a bunch of knobs and switches. And I think what we're going to try and do is I'm going to try and record, uh, not next week's episode, because that's the, uh, the 60th, but... I'm going to start doing certain segments of the show live to tape. So what that means is, not live, live, but I might do some live tests. So be on the lookout on Twitter because I might uh, just jump on the uh, jump on my own personal Mixler, not the Power 85, but uh, mine, and just do a, uh, a test of a live Beyond Synth show. Now, as you guys know, I tried to do a live show. This would be in February of 2015. And it was called This Afternoon with Andy Last, and it was terrible. But it was also because I didn't have the right equipment. So I was literally using Fruity Loops, like the program Fruity Loops, as my mixer. And I was just, you know, adjusting knobs with the mouse. And it's just really hard to do, because if you're trying to, like, lower the volume of a background music track, and then at the same time trigger, you know, a song to play, and then mute your own mic and do all this stuff, you really need a proper control service. So I got one. Um, I got a new microphone. I got a different mic stand that I like a little bit better. This whole time I've been using a boom mic and a like one of those arms, you know, that you can adjust. And it seemed like a good idea, but then it just ended up being really cumbersome. And what I really wanted was just a solid, heavy microphone stand that just sits on the desk so I can just put it right in front of my face and it's not going to tip over or anything. So I've just been making a few changes and I've been uh, I've been buying all this equipment with the kind and generous donations of listeners like you. That's not true. <laughs> I had to sell a bunch of stuff. <laughs> But speaking of which, I am actually going to start a Patreon too, but I'm it's not on like my priority list right now, but I will do it. And when I do, I'll make a nice little video presentation. What was the point of all this? Oh yeah, so I might be doing some live to tape shows. So basically, I'm just going to do the whole thing live. I'm going to do all the songs and all the um, background audio, and I'm going to get a soundboard going, just like I had with uh, this afternoon with Andy last. So there will be sound effects to trigger, so there'll be some Scarface lines in there and some gunshots and 
and rim shot sound effects and because I'm an idiot and I find that stuff funny. Hey, let's listen to another track. This is a dude called Nathaniel Levesay. I believe that's how it is pronounced. That's how I'm going to say it. Nathaniel Levesay. L-E-V-I-S-A-Y. How would you say that? It could be like Levi say. But I don't think it is. I think it's Levesay when it's all in there. It sounds like I'm saying some sort of Harry Potter thing. Anyways, this is uh, Nathaniel Levesay, and this is a track. So I think this dude also does kind of soundtrack type stuff. Uh, of course, you can check him out on the on the links and stuff. And this track is called We're Rock Hard.
That was We're Rock Hard by Nathaniel Levisay, and that's a cool track. Check out the links, as I said before, on the SoundCloud page. And check out all these cool artists, man, because there's a lot of cool artists to listen to. And uh, you should listen to them, because that's something to do, man. Look, I don't think I have really too much more to say. So we're going to listen to one more song, and then we're going to go to uh, my conversation with Arcade High. Well, maybe I'll come back after the track just to intro the conversation. But this is um, this is a cool trong, kind of a cool trong? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to have to make a note never to record my show Monday morning ever again, because... <laughs> If I can't say the fucking word song, then we have a problem here. All right. <laughs> cool trong. <laughs> all right, listen. Everything's good. It's all good, all right? This is a track by Dark Train off the album West Pier. Or I think it's actually an EP. And uh, they do some cool kind of mellow sort of synthy kind of stuff. Uh, but it's, this one was, uh, which, uh, this, oh my God. Remember all that shit I said about doing a live show? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do that. But uh, anyway, this is the track and it is called Inside by Dark Train.
That was Dark Train with the track Inside of the West Pier EP. So that's cool. They've got some cool tracks. Check them out, man. Check everybody out. All right? I like playing music that I think is cool. So if you uh, listen to the show, check out uh, all the people's music because it's uh, good stuff. Let's go now to my conversation with Arcade High, the new Arcade High, Ryan and Patrick. Alrighty, and I'm here with Arcade High, the new Arcade High, because uh, last time, actually, Arcade High has been on twice, when it was just Ryan Boozle, but now it has expanded, and a new member has been acquired, and that is Patrick Ferrone. So I am now joined by the, the all the brand new Arcade High, Ryan and Patrick. Newly branded. Yeah. How's it going, Hello. guys? So say say your name so everybody knows who's who. I am Ryan. And I am Patrick. Sweet. And that's the show, so I uh, hope you guys have a lovely day. Thank yeah. you all for coming out. Drive safe. Tip your bartender. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to play some Perturbator songs now, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> Perturbator! Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck them. So tell me, oh. what... Uh... <laughs> Off to a fantastic start. <laughs> Did we have that conversation in the last interview? Uh, I've had that, yeah, pretty much. That was like the first season of Beyond Synth was just figuring out how to say his name. And then I had him on, and then uh, we sorted it out. Yeah, but I still call him the other thing. But we won't talk of that. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> I just, it's its one of those words for me where I try to skirt usage. Yeah, you yeah, You can yeah. just mumble it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just, yeah his, his, his first album, yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan... What uh, what prompted you to say, listen, I'm tired of going this alone. I need a teammate. I need someone on my side. That's the end of my question. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a it's it's a good it's a good first question. Hmm. It all started when I got and correct me if I'm wrong, Pat. Was the first the first live show was Rhode Island? Yeah, yeah. So this gaming convention. What was it called? TempleCon. TempleCon, right. TempleCon contacted me to play a live show. This was two years ago, I guess now, which is kind of crazy. You're like a year and a half or, yeah, I guess maybe two years ago. And I, I was like, I have no idea how to do live stuff. Like, Synthwave people do live things. Like, that's a, that's a thing. And it was actually, like I said, it was a gaming convention. So they were actually having, or I thought they were having, like, gaming artists chiptune artists and whatnot but they were actually doing a synthwave 80s special or whatever it was going to be like a little live show where they're going to have different synth artists and they actually did have a couple there they had um let them riot was playing there also bourgeoisie was playing there as well i think there was a couple other ones that i can't remember off the top of my head but i had no idea how to do any kind of live stuff and so i'm like you know what like i feel like live would be much easier and and not as awkward standing there uh, looking like I'm just pushing buttons on stage alone, you know, I figure I'll just bring someone else on. So Patrick, I had known from some mutual friends of ours and I knew he was into music stuff. He, he comes from like a rock band, metal, prog stuff background. I'll, I'll, I'll let him handle that. But he, he typically plays bass. That's what he kind of comes from. And so I was like, hey, Pat, like, you're cool. You seem kind of somewhat into this kind of stuff. Like, I feel like you can get into it. Come on and play live with me. So we started doing the live set and crafting the live set 
and had a lot of fun mixing and mashing songs together and just, you know, figuring out how do we get this live? How do we balance a sort of performance slash DJ thing without having these unwieldy synths on stage? And it was just, it was fun to do. And I think, you know, doing that sort of made me realize like, oh, having a collaborator is actually really cool. And I guess sort of in a way, it was almost kind of like a, a weird test so to speak i mean I, I didn't see it that way but i guess like now looking back i sort of kind of was where it was like let's bring it on someone on and see how it works as a duo you know and it ended up working i thought swimmingly at the time so um you know it's terrible now um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kidding um no but yeah so i think that that's why originally it was it all started from, from the live set so at first then patrick when you came on was it just about trying to make the songs that already existed work live or were you adding yes. stuff at the time no it was simply how do we take what Ryan had done and make it something Ryan and Patrick can do live and it was by fate I showed up early one day and he was uh, composed well, you were working on a remix Ryan yeah it was uh, the makeup of vanity set remix I forget yes. what the song was called but that one yeah that one great <laughs> and uh, I I started uh, noodling around on the keyboard while he and his dad were looking over it. And um, more sooner than later, Ryan started asking for input, like, what would you do here? What is this? How's this sound? Or yada, yada, yada. And while we were putting together the live set, we started to find, uh, you know, we would have to do like little test runs. And we started goofing off, of course, you know, just hitting random buttons after a while. And certain things would actually stick because they just started sounding good. And we actually kind of started recreating songs instead of just copy and pasting them into a live format we started messing around with their structure and playing things different ways so for all 12 people that know our stuff and then somehow are in the areas we play and go to these shows by chance it'll still be different it'll still be something new it'll be fun etc etc sorry i didn't write down answers like ryan did so my, <laughs> my answers sound a lot weirder no, and, i have uh, no idea see mine mine will go on forever so good luck editing those i don't get that you're not this talkative in person see but that's the weird thing is like you're more talkative so is this the opposite right now yes i don't know this is uncomfortable patrick <laughs> I, it's very very well, no, I'm seriously, Andy. Andy, listen. Pa Patrick is 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 the person where you walk into a gas station and like you're like looking around for your Red Bulls or whatever, and then like you turn around and Patrick's knee deep in a conversation about his father's childhood with the person behind the counter, and then you're like, "What just happened in the past thirty seconds? Like, why 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 are you having this conversation with this person behind the counter?" And then I have to be like, okay, Patrick, okay, it's, yeah, let's, let's go. Most of the time, the other person is enthused, though. I, I mean, no, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Am, it's I, just, am I not it's giving oddly... enough right now? Is that it? Should I be more enthusiastic? No. no. No, 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 no. All right, listen. Okay, here's what we're going to do, all right? Okay. We're going to play a track. I'm leading up to the idea that now in the new Arcade High, you are both contributors and... What has happened? You sent me this demo, or at least I got an email from Steve. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, sorry, I didn't have my computer on me with the demo, so I'd have to. <laughs> but Steve, does that mean it's going to be on... Uh... Our guys talk to your guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be Telefuture, tele yes. then? Is that... Okay. Yes. That's not a secret or anything? No, that's fine. Yeah, you can... Let's just play the track, all right? Well, we'll just say that Arcade High kind of has a new sound. 
and I dig it. It's cool. It's got a lot of energy. It still retains some of the the kind of chip tuney uh, samples and stuff, but it's it's going in a more kind of uh, bigger, dancier kind of uh, vibe, kind of like Justice, like those kind of things. And uh, I I thought it sounded really awesome. So we're gonna listen to the track Kingdom by Arcade High. Into the time, 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 time
And that was Kingdom by Arcade High. And I am uh, joined by Arcade High. That's the title track off the new album. I'm here with Ryan and Patrick. So talk to me about the new sound. Patrick, I'll let you take this one. I don't know where to begin. Tell me tell me about your father's childhood too while you're at it. <laughs> It sounds like See, it, it enthralls gas station attendants, so I think I'd like to hear. No, this. it was it was it was bartending actually. His okay. dad owned a bar in town. Okay, but uh, so how that relates to the sound is <laughs> uh, yada yada segue power montage power montage beat the bad guy. So I listened to heavier stuff real quick before you go on that, Patrick. I'll just mention so when I was doing previous stuff like on a little bit of Pixel Passion and some of the singles, I was trying to experiment with some of like the the harder kind of darker stuff with things like rise from your grave outrun this stuff like that i just wasn't really necessarily equipped or very familiar with that genre to know what to do or how to do it or what sounds are good and like i was wanting to ultimately eventually blend some of that harder stuff with some of the more melodic stuff that i've been previously doing and that's another part of the reason why i brought pat on because he was already familiar with that kind of genre albeit in the rock genre um but yeah go on pat with then what you were gonna say you know i found myself kind of just listening to ryan's stuff and thinking you know this is very well done very good i was really really you know taken back by it but I kept thinking, I listen to way harder stuff. I can't imagine what this could sound like if Ryan like made just darker material. And I think at the the same time I was saying that, the exact moment I brought it up to him in person saying, you know, you should go heavier on a song. I'd love to hear what you could do. I think he was actually working on Rise From Your Grave at the time. I, I don't remember. Well, if you don't remember, I'm going to go ahead and say it happened. Yeah. And, you know, because it makes his story way cooler and mm. timely. Yeah, so I don't know. We we thought about how that track was. We 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 took a look at a uh, a lot of referencing, a lot of finding out what 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 makes us tick when we listen to certain songs. See, a lot of stuff when you go heavy, a lot of the time you lose melody. You get the uh, what we refer to as like the the honky leads that aren't actually like melodies or just kind of noise that. Mm-hmm. This is like a blender going off a couple times in a row and then mm-hmm. followed by a police alarm, etc. <laughs> uh, this song sounds awesome. Great. And then throw a kazoo in. Yeah, the power kazoo, some <laughs> distortion. We wanted to find a mix. We wanted to find a, a blend. How heavy could we get a bass while still putting some kind of emotional thing over top of it? Mm-hmm. A lot of trial and error. What is the lyric? So I waited all of my life just for you. Had me at hello. Had me at hello. Okay. Yeah. I heard something else. So I was, I was just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm hearing this, this, this lyric correctly. We had our own experience with that just a couple days ago. Yeah. When my dad thought that we were saying blowing me into the night. Oh. No, blow me. <laughs> blow me, blow me into the blow night. Blow me into the night. Well, see what I heard was. I, I waited all of my life just for you. Hand me your pillow. Well, at least that at least that fits better than my dad thinking calling me into the night was blow me into the night. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a little awkward. See, because I was thinking that I'm listening. I'm like, okay, maybe he's like spending the night at the girl's house. Like, then I started doing like it, <laughs> do a whole storyline of like how that works. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like uh, he's waited all his life. Uh, hand me your pillow because I'm sleeping in the bed with you. And okay, your <laughs> your lyric makes more sense. So th- that's a whole other thing too. So like, 
this album is kind of a concept album. It was kind of late into the game, actually, I guess. Like, it wasn't something that we originally thought of. You know, originally we're just like, yeah, we're just gonna make a bunch of cool songs, put it together, sweet. But then eventually, I, I think it started with, was it Television Girls or The Quest? Or do you remember what it was, Patrick? That I want to say it was The Quest. Yeah, I think so. It, so basically, we kind of, we kind of just had this idea of like, this young guy sort of becoming obsessed with video games and sort of like television movies and sort of like losing himself and losing his mind within these worlds and kind of sort of projecting that outward into his real life toward this girl that he has a thing for but it's one of those things where like the girl it's never going to be a thing she doesn't want to have anything to do with him she doesn't even necessarily know him if they've ever even actually spoken type of thing right 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 the album just sort of like loosely talks about sort of like his kind of adventure into this like weird world of his mind and then kind of ending in sort of like a disastrous downfall of the world and possibly him and maybe her you know like i said it's all very loose but like we just kind of had that sort of concept of like obsession leading the tragedy all uh, hell breaking loose yeah exactly like we kind of had that in our mind when we were writing and it was all kind of blended into this weird like fantasy world you know hence songs like the quest and trace the map it sort of gave us just sort of an interesting kind of path to follow in terms of themes because we realized that like it was a lot easier to be like, okay, what's this song about? What's going on in the story? What's maybe happening here? What kind of themes or emotions are we, are we trying to go for? As opposed to just sort of like, oh, that sounds good. Let's just go with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of gave us a direction. All right. Well, then let's go further into the narrative here and let's play the next song, which I think we can safely call this the final fantasy one. And this is Badlands. Because <laughs> the opening? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's, very, sure. it's, it's very Final Fantasy. I'll take it. We all love Final Fantasy, right? I love Final Fantasy. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I found someone who doesn't. There's just people who love it and people don't know it. <laughs> I think that's fair. I'm not like super obsessed with it. But everyone has one experience with it, at least. Like a sexual experience. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, Andy. <laughs> just a tip. <laughs> Anyways, listen, let's listen to this track. It's called Badlands by Arcade High. <laughs> I love your like you're like growling at the end of each one. <laughs> I caught myself off guard. That was a little more growly than I meant it to be.
And that was Badlands by Arcade High. And I am uh, still here with Arcade High with uh, Ryan and Patrick. So that was a cool song. Talk to me about Badlands. One of you. <laughs> Patrick? <laughs> uh. Do you not like fielding these questions? I will say this. So Badlands is only one of a very few songs on the album that are instrumental. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of songs now um, on this album that, that have uh, either full vocals or at least some bits of vocals thrown throughout. Mm-hmm. That, was one, that was another thing that I really wanted to focus on specifically. It's one of those things where previous albums of mine obviously were very instrumental and a lot of albums in the synthwave scene in general are instrumental and that's awesome like i love instrumental stuff but i feel like vocal stuff can really add a whole other layer to things and it it also i mean people like vocals right like that's what people listen to and hum along with when listening to songs um and i found myself listening to a lot of inspiration tracks that had vocals too so i was like yeah you know what like that's what i'm humming in this track is like i'm humming this vocal like i'm humming this part i'm humming this thing and so i really wanted to focus on that um we actually kind of shared the the weight of the vocals on this patrick does a lot of the vocoder stuff and i did a lot of the weird pitched up and down stuff like you hear on kingdom like the final track and and stuff like that we we definitely wanted to go for like a like a unique sound Mm. um we weren't necessarily trying to emulate any specific type of era necessarily in terms of the vocals we just like wanted to do kind of our own thing i suppose we simply just move knobs till it sounded good basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) per usual I mean, I did. I really dug the album. Like, it, it's fun. It's uh, thank you. It's big. Thank you, yeah, it's dancey. You know, you know, dance floor anthems was kind of a thing tucked away in the back of our heads the entire time writing the album. So that's good. Then we'll definitely get to some more. I think later on, uh, there's a track called Cool Ink, which we'll yes. we'll play in a little bit. But that one is definitely like I, I get that that was sort of the vibe going into that one. And that one actually, we have a music video coming out for that one. Ooh. Which I suppose at this point in time, when this is released, it'll probably be already out. But that's going to be very interesting as well. Um, it was directed by a buddy of mine from film school, someone I graduated with named Bailey Donovan. He wrote and directed it and pretty much produced the whole thing as well. But we had um, some really awesome people on that. Like He actually brought on like a pretty big crew. We had a, um, a set designer. Uh, on there who was a professional set designer who was a super cool guy who actually was familiar with the, the music scene. Like, he knew Carpenter, Brute, and Perturbator, and, and uh, Ghost, and all these other artists. And so he basically was like, yeah, I came on to do this because I heard the music and was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I can I can work with this. And so it was actually really fun. I think, um, I think it'll be pretty good. Alright, well, that's cool, man. Well, talk to me about... This is a cool track called Phone Lines. And that's featuring Haley Stewart of Dead Astronauts. Because, like, on the actual album, it'll say featuring Haley Stewart. I just didn't put it on the demo. So I didn't know if you wanted to introduce it as that or not. Oh, good point. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to a track, Phone Lines, featuring Haley Stewart from Dead Astronauts. And and we're going to listen to that track right now. So here is Phone Lines by Arcade High. I'm dreaming of phone lines, but we're on hold. You couldn't connect to your instincts tonight. I'm dreaming of phone lines, but we're on hold. You couldn't connect to your instincts tonight.
that was Phone Lines by Arcade High featuring Haley Stewart from Dead Astronauts. So that's a cool song. So how did you get hooked up with her? Steve. Yes. Was it Steve Jenkins? Steve worked the magic. I was talking to Steve the one day saying, hey, we, we want to have guest vocalists on this album. Because originally the idea was we wanted to have a bunch of vocal songs, like I mentioned, but we wanted to have guest vocalists. And so I contacted Steve and I'm like, hey, if you want to have some guest vocalists on the song or on this album, you know, do you have any ideas? And he's like, oh, talk to Haley Stewart from Dead Astronauts. And I was like, oh, okay. So like I messaged her and then we just kind of ran from there and just worked with her on that song i totally forgot that was through steve yeah because they because dead astronauts has an album on telefeature as well well that's cool that's the label doing something exactly right (laughs) (laughs) that's nice i think there's some people who start labels who don't realize that they got to do something right 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 or else what's the point i think the term is obligation yeah like some people just sort of like oh i'll start a label and then they just think that that means they'll just be like yeah and i'll put it up on the Bandcamp page and like well then if you're an artist you don't need a label if that's all the label's going to do for you is is put it up on Bandcamp and take some of the money. Like, you right. put it up on Bandcamp yourself. Like, you know. Yeah, Steve, Steve gets shit done in weird ways that we don't even know about sometimes. <laughs> Elaborate. Oh, well, Steve, well, I mean, Steve was the one who, if anyone remembers the Pixel Passion NES cart things, Steve made those by hand, which is really cool. So, like, he just, like, went out and bought dead NES carts, gutted them, and put in the, uh, the CDs and, like, crafted the um, inside and outside art and put the sticker on and like he made all those by hand which is super super cool oh wow yeah like steve's an awesome guy so shout out to steve if you're listening a big reason why i've stayed with telefuture is just because he's been super supportive and what's cool is like he's not in it for the money right like he's not doing this to like gank all the money from the artists he's he's you know supporting he like genuinely loves the scene and the music and actually like wants to help the artists in any way he can which is which is awesome yeah yeah yeah. no i mean for what i've heard from the artists who are on telefuture they're they are happy with with steve i know even like with look at like he, he helped with the mastering and stuff too like of, of the right. album and things like that so like he's doing he's doing stuff which is nice because i hear some shitty stories about some other uh label people who i won't mention who uh sometimes aren't uh you know they don't they don't know what they're what their duty is you can cut it out it's okay who are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no. but uh <laughs> i can't believe you just told us that yeah. wow Andy. <laughs> oh them oh man i know right <laughs> oh like i'm not in the message boards too often for like the synth stuff but uh some people will post things i don't think they should really <laughs> like, like you know like behind sure. the scenes stuff where it's oh, like sure hey here's a business deal i had with this guy and he didn't pay or whatever and it's like yeah maybe you should be handling that not in a public forum behind doors exactly yeah (laughs) so i see that stuff and yeah well that's why i personally left synthetics and pat you weren't around for this sort of era of the arcade high synth wave bit but like as much before me when i first came into the scene there was a forum called synthetics and it's it's a forum run by rick shithouse is that still his name Mm -hmm. he changed his name well he uh had to use his real name Okay. okay. Apparently, shithouse wasn't uh, legal. Yeah, so, like, you had the Synthetics Forum, and essentially, I don't want to speak badly on synthetics. I mean, it was, I'm sure it still is this, you know, but when I first was in it, it was huge in terms of getting Arcade High's name out there and being super supportive and, you know, giving feedback and just being able to post on that and get other people who were into that kind of music to just listen to it was a, was a huge help. But I, I just felt eventually there was a lot of people on there. It built up to a number that was 
just sort of overwhelming, I feel, for Rick to handle, which is why he ended up bringing in, like, admins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up, I think, leaving, like, right around that time. I think Jake Freeman, Protector 101, was working as an admin right as I was, like, heading out. I'm not sure if he's still doing that or not. But what I was going to say is, putting a bow on this, is that it's the same kind of thing, I feel, where it's like people were, like, airing things publicly on there. I mean, I think it's changed a bit, because I think there was a point where that's why the administrators were brought in. Sure. I always find this as a funny thing. You know, the synthwave scene, you know, there are some artists who are big in the scene. Sure. And people will treat them as if they are like famous sure and there's this negativity that comes with that sometime which i find really funny where there's you can be super supportive of some person who's never made a track before they just make a track and throw it on synthetics or, or whatever for right, them right right and everyone's like oh great track man great track uh oh did you hear perturbator's new album oh it's not as good as his old stuff you know like they'll <laughs> right. it's like they're famous now and right. you can you can and publicly sold out and yeah, yeah you can publicly dissect you know their new things like i'll see that or like oh did you hear dance with the deads you know not as good as it was before you know just because they're bigger right but yet someone will post this fucking shit song and be like oh good work man you know and it's like (laughs) there's nothing wrong with being supportive i'm not i'm not attacking people who are supportive of of their peers i'm just saying that there is no line that suddenly you cross if you if you get enough listeners that suddenly you can't get the same you know support you know it's not like fucking perturbator is justin bieber like it's like right you know we still need to support the idea i'm just suggesting is that people just still need to support synthwave as a thing because any part of it that gets popular helps out other people. If like once they discover a, an artist and go, oh, this is cool. Maybe I'd like you know these people or that people. But absolutely, when yeah. you go on a forum and it's like, you know, once it's like, oh, they've got a you know they've got three thousand followers on SoundCloud. Now that means we can publicly hate on them. You know what I mean? Like it just right. it's, it's a weird mentality. I gotta say, I I do feel like the reverse end of that. I think that's tied to like a lot of my worries with the album. You know, how, how are people going to receive the album we've been working on? Because, like, yeah. when if they click on Arcade High and they see the back catalog, they're going to say, you know, these guys have been around. This shit better be good unless they're, you know, just wasting time. It's going to make Ryan look bad. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to think, like, how are people going to take this? You know, I mean, I, I feel like in general, people, in my experience, I feel people are, I think, more open and into the darker side of Synthwave. Mm-hmm. I feel like that sort of is what gets sort of the, the headlines so to speak which isn't I mean it's not the reason why we started doing that you know we did it because we actually like that sound and we like artists who are doing that and for me personally I wanted to experiment in those sounds but it's still weird to think like okay so if people are familiar with the old stuff and they really love it like how are they going to take this new stuff because as you said it's definitely a departure yeah well per, I mean look it's really good so I don't I don't think anyone's really going to have a problem with it personally <laughs> like that's just coming from me sure. but like ha- having listened to this one I think I think it's going in a good direction and i think that you, you know your your team up here is effective hey thank you onwards and upwards sweet know what i mean thank you i just coined that phrase now oh did you <laughs> well <laughs> well how about this we were talking about that sort of darker stuff but then of course you've got this track which we're going to play now which we talked about briefly before the video for but this is a cool ink and this is definitely like a sort of a party kind of dancier kind of track sure and i dig it and i like the sort of fun little vocal hooks in there and stuff and we're gonna listen to it right now so here is cool ink by arcade high
Arcade High, and I'm back with Arcade High, Ryan and Patrick. So, talk to me about Cool Inc. That has a long history. <laughs> what was that vocal about? You, you picturing, like, strutting down the road? Well, it's weird that uh, the project file for this song had seen so many revisions. Yeah. So many revisions. It's important to realize when we write, we go through a lot of trial and error, and sometimes... Uh, at any point in a song's creative process, it could face what we call the, is the bathwater. Yeah, the the bathwater when when you gotta when you gotta drown the song in the tub because it's just not just not up to your standards. That is not the expression. <laughs> 
Are you sure? I like your version of the bathwater metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Drown the sun. <laughs> you know, like... When your when your kids just disappointed you for like yeah. the last right, that's basically what it is. We got ten tracks, Ryan, on the album. Yeah, we wrote seventy eight tracks. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of projects that we opened and closed and tried new things and yeah, uh, there, there's yeah, it sounds about right. So At Cool least. Ink was was just one that wouldn't quit. And it started off as this kind of creepy story of... It was called Television Girls in its first uh, iteration. The story was driven about this guy. Let's see. He woke up one night. His TV was all fuzzy. And he saw, like, girls, I guess. And he just became obsessed with, like, not letting anyone turn the TV off in case they were still in there. This weird, weirdo story. We wanted it to be, like, dripping with this weird, really morbid kind of... Narrative. But the song was super bubblegum, which is the thing. Like, it was super, like, poppy and upbeat, and that's what made it bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. But then what we did was we had to, we, we did a live show for the Star Mazer game that we're working on, and we went out to PAX and played a show out there, and we did, we had to craft Television Girls as a live track. And so we were working on that, and we're like, let's spice this up. Let's give a little, let's give a little kick. Let's give a little something. So we added that main sort of bass line, that like that you hear in the hook of Cool Incorporated. But we had the Television Girls vocal hook thing over top of that. And so then after we came back home from PAX and we're like working on that song, I'm just like, you know, this is, I'm just, I'm not really liking what we have in this song. And a buddy of mine, Ben Boyle, who actually shot Rage, the senior thesis film that I did, he would always bug me and say, hey, you should make a song called Cool Incorporated. And I was like, okay. So I was like, and so then I started, my my gear started going like, all right, like Cool Incorporated, like what would that song look like or sound like? And then like I heard that riff in our television girls and I'm like, hey, Pat, why don't we make this Cool Incorporated, change the vocal line to do something, have something to do with Cool Incorporated and then just like run with it. And that's kind of what spawned that song. But it went through like, I'm not kidding, like five or six versions of songs before you even hit what what you're hearing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than that. I guess I should have called it Cool Incorporated. I called it Cool Inc. Oh, that's okay. Either one. <laughs> it's abbreviated. At the same time, when we wrote the lyrics, we, we keep reminding ourselves, you know, let's not paint ourselves into a corner of a very boring story. Let's just, like, you know, get it out there, get something that people can chant, you know, kind of look at the, the billboard charts for inspiration, just put out something that's, like, a... Just gives off that O2 cool vibe, even if it's on the, even if it's borderline cheesy, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Just get dangerous with it. How did the whole PAX Prime thing come about anyways? Don, the director of Star Mazer, the creator of Star Mazer, the game, which is, um, was kickstarted last year. And director of many badass, uh, shorts and films. Yeah, yeah, he's he's also, he's, he's a beast. Yeah, he was apparently a big fan of Arcade High, and so he, when he, when he made Star Mazer, and he was a big fan of the synthwave scene in general. And when he made Star Mazer, he was like, hey, I want a bunch of synthwave artists on this soundtrack. And so he like asked a bunch of us. He ended up asking us if we wanted to do a song on it as well. And so we're like, cool. And so then he was doing PAX 
and he's like, hey, we're putting on a live show. He's like, we're having makeup and vanity set and a couple of the other artists that are on the game, on the soundtrack, come out. Like, do you want to come out? And so we're like, okay, sure. And like, so we just like, they flew us out and we played a show, which is super cool. We like helped him out at the booth at PAX. We were, we kept bugging him for tickets to PAX because <laughs> we we're going to be playing in his after party. <laughs> and we kept bugging him like, hey, can we get tickets? Hey, can we get tickets? Hey, can we get tickets? He's like, I'm trying. They're very strict. It's, and, and they were, they were very strict. It was a very crazy, chaotic experience. But he managed to come through and got us full on uh, all access badges so that we could do our thing. Yes, Patrick, do you remember why? I just remembered how we got those. So, Monami Matsume, the composer composer of the original Mega Man game, was supposed to come out and play at the show with her handler. And they got caught at the border or whatever, crossing into the States or whatever, for whatever reason, and they were unable to make it. And so, the two tickets, the ticket for Monami Matsume and her handler, went to us to go to PAX, which, thank you, Dawn, for that, by the way. Thank you, Monami Matsume, (laughs) even though... You have no idea who we are, and I'm really sorry that you couldn't make it because I would have loved to meet you, uh, Mega Man. Who's heard of it? We ended up uh, we ended up standing at the booth and and like hawking the game and the gig, and it was awesome. We got to meet like so many people. I don't know. We goofed off. We it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was, was super cool. Completely overwhelming. It's weird. I mean, like I was talking to Pat about it, and I mean, Andy, you've been chatting with me, and you've known me for quite some time now. Like, it's weird to like. It was weird being there, thinking to myself like. Okay, I started this project in my 16th floor dorm in 95 degree weather on my laptop in GarageBand, and I'm standing now in PAX about to play a show. Like, it, it was just a really surreal experience. Like, I feel like super lucky, and I, I mean, both Pat and I, like, just sort of like to oh, be yeah. to like do all these things. I don't know. It's weird. Let's be honest. It wasn't even just like the idea of PAX, it was the idea of seeing about 400 people in single file line and just cutting right through all of them yeah. <laughs> waving your badge in the air and just and I'm the lady who wrote the music for Mega Man <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I think I was going around uh, pointing at Ryan and saying, that's Maname, I'm Handler. I yeah, he's, yeah, he kept saying, he's, <laughs> I kept saying, I'm your Handler, Ryan. I started donning as a name, I just said, I'm Handler. <laughs> you know, the synth wave takes so much uh, inspiration from video game music, and so it's always cool when artists that I like are starting to appear in games. You know, the, the circle is complete, as it were. Yes. And it makes me happy for you. They've let us into their hearts. And speaking of, I'm trying to think if I can do a proper segue to the track Ghost Council. Somebody say something about ghosts. Speaking about video games and supernatural entities. Do you believe in ghosts? No. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> I'm not, like, I don't. Patrick and I often have philosophical discussions about this during race. I believe in them enough. I believe in them just enough that I kind of do, but Ryan can't yell at me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an accurate depiction, actually. That is that is just that is just as much as I believe in ghosts. Yeah, my thing with ghosts is um, I don't believe in ghosts because I've never experienced a supernatural thing. Although I can still be kind of creeped out by somebody's ghost story. Yeah, but like if someone's just like, "Oh, see this picture I took," and there's like orbs in it, I'm like, "Fucking, that doesn't." dusty idiot like that's <laughs> but then if i'm in a place in the dark if i'm like on like someone's old house and the lights are off even my own like dad's house because it's an old victorian house oh yeah if someone like if i'm in the basement and someone shuts the lights off on me and it's the only time i yell like where i i have like i'm uncontrollably angry 
is because it happens to me all the time. I'll be in this old basement. Someone will shut the fucking lights off, and then it, <laughs> and then instantly I'm just like, turn the fucking lights on, <laughs> and then they, they turn the lights on. <laughs> when it comes to ghosts, there's a couple experiences that that aren't ghost-like that Ryan would say, you know, it's just, you know, it's easy to pin the ghost label on something and and call it explained. Hmm. But like, uh, my mom has felt someone like sit on the edge of her bed and get up after a while when no one else was in the house and we didn't have pets at the time. I once woke up and thought I was being choked by something... All, all kinds of weird good stuff. Listen, it's 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 just dust and air currents. <laughs> it's dust, Patrick. The the uh, it's just probably just the Wisconsin cheese curds deep fried that I get from the local gas station like three times a week. That I buy him every time we have a writing session. <laughs> Thank you. For me personally, it's one of those things where like I love supernatural things, hence why you know we I want to couple. believe. Yeah, basically, it's like I I want to believe in ghosts. Like I think it's a it's cool. Um, I just, just gotta step their shit up. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing? Just just flipping on lights and turning faucets on and knocking coats down. Ghost, let's make a movement. Ghost, step your shit up 2016. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. It's a political platform. I always find it interesting where, you know, you build a house and so many people have died in there. And then the result yeah. is that there's a ghost turning your lights on and off. Right. Here's the thing. Do ghosts learn? That's true. Because say they were killed in like the 1800s, right? That's true. They, they'd be looking for the oil lamp. Yeah. So how do they know how to fucking turn lights on? You know, unless they, unless they have the capacity to continue to learn. And in which case. Maybe it's their ghost ghostly presence just <laughs> emitting the electrostatic waves man yeah i mean it's yeah. possible that's uh, you know it's completely completely plausible yeah it's yeah. like that dust that choked you in the night no i'm, I'm, I'm confident <laughs> that's the cheese curds man <laughs> Speaking of ghosts, now that we've just come off a natural segue, now that you guys have counseled me about, yeah, yes, let's yeah, <laughs> let's uh-huh. uh, let, let's listen uh-huh. to the track. So this is uh, the last track we're going to play uh, off this album, but this is a cool one. It's called "Ghost Council" by Arcade High. I'll steal a part of you.
That was Ghost Council by Arcade High, and I'm uh, still joined with uh, with Ryan and Patrick. So talk to me about that track immediately. That one was actually very difficult. That was the last track that we wrote on the album. Oh. And we started getting this feeling like because there's only one spot left, there could be only one. Right. Highlander. Well, I mean, it was basically... So Christopher what we kind of did... Mid- Sorry. It's okay. Midway through the album, we ended up actually like writing down in our little journals like, okay, these are the kind of tracks that we want and we would name them certain names that like kind of would fit the sort of like theme. So like for that track it was it was the working title was Ritual. And there were a couple others, like one was called Escape. So we made Escape, the Escape track, and then we went to Ritual and we're like, okay, we want this to be kind of like maybe a little down tempo or a little more chill, a little slower, like maybe, uh, you know, like like definitely creepy, like kind of describing this weird ritual or whatever, you know, having to do with maybe the main character selling his soul, so to speak, to ghostly presence, these ghostly voices that he hears in this like house that he's maybe staying at. We kind of crafted this weird little tale around it. You know, maybe he's hearing these voices in this house and like maybe they've been wronged by the king in this kingdom or they've been wronged by the authority figures and so they're telling him to burn the place down you know do our bidding get revenge for us essentially and so we just kind of crafted around that but it took us a long time like we went through several different revisions of that one where it just wasn't working and i think it ended up i think the reason why i feel like that one was struggling was because we were trying to like pigeonhole it into a specific sound and feel and then i think it it finally worked or at least clicked for me personally when we just kind of went off we're just like you know whatever let's just yeah, let's just do it yeah let's put that chord there yeah okay cool and then it just sort of like formed itself i don't know like how do you feel about that one patrick because that one took a while we just kept going through and going through and uh all of a sudden we would change you know you change part a and suddenly part b doesn't fit but you change part b suddenly part a doesn't fit repeat for literally brian you are aware that we were going on like 14 hour days for those right yeah 14 hours of just like listening to the same four or eight bars of music trying to find what's going to give it out what's going to what's going to get the job done don't do it kids it's a trap (laughs) and we say constantly the worst part about writing music is you can't listen to music while you're working on it exactly because you have to sit there really is and stuff playing over and over so you guys have journals yeah yes the sound bibles we used to have one called the bible and now that one kind of broke and so we we have like three or four different notebooks that have these important notes that the the commandments of writing music under arcade high yeah i may or may not have accidentally threw the bible across the the room in anger no actually by genuine accident Yeah, no, that did happen. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I forgot you broke the Bible. I did. Had you not mentioned that, that would have been, you know, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have been a thought. I was hoping you guys were keeping, like, personal journals, like a little, like, pink book or something. Oh, no. It's more so just, like, writing down weird ideas about the album and just, like, weird thoughts on tracks. And Today, Ryan turned around in his chair and asked how that sounded. <laughs> there was a look in his eye. I think today's the day I'll tell him I want to go to Pizza Joe's. <laughs> Well, listen, man, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to keep the spirit alive. Yeah. 
Absolutely. <laughs> which which often is uh, getting lost in a couple cans of Pabst Blue Ribbon if nothing else is working. <laughs> Absolutely. Does that work for you? Composition, I think it's fine. Mixing and mastering, it's definitely no-no. Because yeah. you're arguing uh, very fine details. And I've also heard that... Uh, I guess when you drink, because it lowers your blood alcohol, or it thins your blood, I, I'm trying to say. Uh, it raises your blood alcohol content, obviously. Hmm. But as it thins your blood, it makes your ears more susceptible to damage. Ooh. Ooh. Because they're not... Uh, that's I, I guess that's why uh, a lot of... A lot of sound experts say, you know, don't get too wasted at concerts because they're going to actually, uh, like, open your ears up a little more, so to speak. Well, look at that. We're learning things today. Can you make the sound of the rainbow going across the sky? Saying more you know. (laughs) So, Ryan, um... Tell me a bit about, I know you were doing, you, you, you started a series of synthwave tutorials that you put on YouTube. So uh, talk to me a bit about those. We started doing tutorials, like production tutorials on YouTube. I think you just released a fourth one, right? The fourth one, well, that was back last summer. Um, and the reason they slowed down and stopped was because of the album. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm planning on immediately picking up ASAP as soon as we can get some free time. Um, Because we actually, like, every single day, I just get reminded of how lazy we're being because I get emails in in the Arcade High Gmail and it's like, so-and-so subscribed to you. So-and-so left a comment. Why'd you stop making videos? Et cetera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh. So, yeah, definitely want to continue doing that because I feel like that sort of is a weird hole that is within the genre and the scene is people, like, doing videos like that and talking about that. Because, like, you always have videos of people doing tutorials on progressive house music and how to make the wobbliest bass you can hear and you know I don't know I just I'm, I'm more concerned with like well what about videos about just basic synthesis and how to do random like just just normal synth chords that you'd hear like a new disco track or a synth wave track or just you know like how to use compression or whatever you know I just feel like people are always using it to do other genres but never synth wave or like like electronic it's always like this like big house EDM stuff yeah 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 so I just started them myself back last year and I I want to bring Patrick into them so I want to like dual team those or, or do weird ones or maybe we can like actually have a camera on us possibly I'm not sure exactly where we want to take it but I do know that I was going to have a five part series of the whatever it's called the five part synth wave series or whatever and uh, the last one was going to be mixing so I figured well why don't we do the mixing one while we're kind of mixing the album so I was hoping to do that pretty soon here because I felt like you know it would be fresh in our mind and we can talk about that for me another reason why I wanted to do it was because I wanted to learn from other people right like I wanted to post stuff up there and have people say no you idiot you're doing it wrong do it this way Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh like I get it like you know because like I don't claim to know anything like the one thing that I've learned from doing this for three and a half years or however long it's been is that no one really knows what they're doing it's all taste Mm -hmm. and you turn knobs until it sounds good basically yeah um, you know, like you can learn, you can learn the equipment all you want, but at the end of the day, like you just have to make it sound good, no matter what. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of math that goes into it, but that drops off. Well, Everything I mean, I was just listening. Off. I was just listening to an interview. I've been listening. I've been watching some different interviews with different mixers and composers and producers and stuff. Just kind of just trying to get little tidbits and stuff. And I was watching an interview with this guy Andrew Sheps, who was a mixer on several big albums. Like he mixed Dr. Dre's '99 Problems and some other artists. But he uh, he also did like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Someone asked him about mixing analog or all in the box, like digital all in the computer. 
and he was like he was talking to a buddy of his who apparently mixed an album by a certain artist that I don't I can't recall the name but he was saying a buddy of his mixed an album that sounds amazing and it was mixed on a four track in a kitchen in someone's apartment and he's like he's like the mix sounds great or he talks about how um the rolling stones like old demos of, of theirs or whatever like sound awful but they feel great like the emotion behind it's so good and he was basically just saying like out of the people that listen to your music only maybe one percent of those people are even going to know what mixing mastering producing is no one cares how you make it no one cares what you did they just want to know if it sounds good you know mm-hmm. like that's 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 what matters and so I, I feel like that's a big thing for me is like hey it really doesn't matter you know like if you use this trick or that trick or whatever it's like if you can make it sound good at the end of the day that's what's going to get people listening and that's what i guess is really all all what it's all about i guess i don't know yeah 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 yeah. i'm fine with everything you said but i have to point out how white you are and the tape will reveal that you said that 99 problems was performed by dr dre jay-z wow thank you thank you thank you <laughs> i didn't even i didn't even Wolf. catch that thank you what? patrick I, I, I can't I can't let us be thank you, Patrick. You know, two white kids not knowing and it all stems <laughs> from eighties electronic roots too. Yeah, no, I mean honestly, um public service announcement is probably my favorite song by Jay Z. It's a good one. <laughs> Anyways, dudes, well listen, we're gonna wrap this up now. The new album is good. Thank you. I dig it. Everyone should should dig it as well. Thank you, thank you. But it was good talking to you. So uh, it, it was nice it was, meeting you, Andy. Yes, it was nice to meet you, Patrick, and uh, and it was also good talking to you again, Ryan, mm-hmm. for a third appearance. But now you guys are welcome to come back, and 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 that's yes. the new Arcade High. It's all it's very exciting when things you, you're going long enough that things are morphing and changing around. We're living long enough to see ourselves become the bad guy. <laughs> Paraphrase. Uh, I'm the man bat. Harvey Dent later turns into Two Face uh, during an accident. Yes. yes. He's, he's, he's tipped on his side in a room that's full of like gas canisters. Yes. They, they, they get out of the building in time, but the explosion reaches far enough that it still sets half of his face on fire. Yes. From the heat. Frustrates Batman because he wanted to go save his girlfriend. Yes. He went to the wrong place. The Joker gave him the wrong address. Yes. He switched them. Yeah. He's known for ruses. <laughs> this is about as funny as an episode of The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, my heart. I thought Andy liked me. Uh, that was rough, Andy. To certain people, the worst insult you can receive is uh, any sort of comparison to Big Bang Theory. Oh, God. Anyways, man, good talking to you guys, and and everyone will go check out the album and have a lovely day. See Bye. ya. And that was Arcade High. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's show. Um, I know I did, so I hope you did too. So let's end on a track. And, uh, you know, Droid Bishop was here a few weeks ago. This is a song he wrote a while ago, and it was a tribute to a friend of his. And this is a great song, and I've always really dug it. And it's called Sleeping with the Stars by Droid Bishop. So I hope you guys have a lovely week, and uh, please tune in to the show next week. Follow me on Twitter, do all that stuff. Um, what else? Send me messages. Send me songs and send me your money. 
a weird day today. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I uh, hope you guys have a lovely week. And now let's listen to Droid Bishop sleeping with the stars.
Thank you.